about to enter a world of pain, suffering, and laughter. That's right. Worst gig ever here. Mike Pace. <laughs> Jeff Carlock. Uh, we are here today broadcasting from the top of the Empire State Building. Uh, what was that again? <laughs> from, <laughs> we are? <laughs> from my apartment <laughs> yes. in Greenpoint. It's amazing that you got an apartment at the Excuse top of the Empire second. State Building. Excuse me for a second. Doing good. I- <laughs> Tuna fish sandwich. <laughs> uh, tuna salad. I hate tuna fish. I think is gross. The word fish, the connotation of the word fish and that I just want tuna salad on rye with a little crispy iceberg lettuce. I'm so glad we got in depth about your choices uh, for tuna fish. <laughs> this week we have uh, the erstwhile performance artist. Uh, <laughs> Sam Jane. I only say that because he is an artist who performs under yeah, the name well, Love that's Is not Laughter. The right connotation, but uh, uh, that's fine. He he's been. Uh, it was also part of the uh, legendary band Link. That is L Y N C for the listener back in his uh, late teens, early twenties, growing up uh, in Washington State. Oh, yeah, and also in Love Is Laughter. Currently in, in Love Is Laughter, he's been in Love Is Laughter for like the past thirteen or fourteen. So much years. that he is. Love is he laughter. is Love is Laughter. Uh, Oxford Collapse has toured with Love is Laughter. We share some of those uh, disastrous tour stories. Uh, uh, and they are something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Sam shares a lot about growing up uh, uh, cousin of uh, Lane Staley. That was, uh, that's a, from that's Alice a, in Chains. <laughs> that's, a, that's a late bit of info that we got uh, right at the end, uh, which, spoiler alert. Yeah, uh, you're gonna find that out. There's a lot of cool stuff going on uh, where he talks about uh, all of the uh, musical projects he's been involved with and the way things have changed over the years. And he shares some uh, great crazy stories with us. Yeah, he's got some good ones. It's a perfect uh, episode. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's what we've dubbed in the vaults as the perfect episode. It is. There's a- uh, but there are other perfect episodes. And you can check them basically out. Basically every other episode we've done. They're all great. They're yes. all great. You can check them all out. Uh, you can get them on iTunes. You can check them out on worstgigeverpodcast.tumblr.com. You can write us, worstgigever at gmail.com. Yeah, you got suggestions for people you want us to try to get on. If you've got worst gigs of your own that you want us to share, uh, With email the world? us at worstgigever. We are heard all over the world. Com. Yeah. We have listeners on every continent. We do. Except for Europe. Uh, <laughs> we we love you. We really love you. I mean, love is the key word here. Yeah, because, and I just laughed. Because as, love as look laughter. Look at that. Perfect look at that. connection. Without any further ado, here's Sam Jane on Worst Gig Ever. Oh. I don't like the headphones. Yeah. Jeff, Sam, hi. Welcome to uh, worst gig ever. Me. Well, you know, I'm always here. You are Sam Jane. Yes, is our guest today. Thanks for having me. Welcome. Uh, well, welcome. I was going to uh, introduce this as, as a different room today. Okay. Than the green room. What is it? I, I forgot. Oh. I had some. I, I had, threw you off. I had something. <laughs> one little. One little fork in the room. I had some gold. It's the yeah. room that you get stuck in when they don't have the green room. That is exactly. Would be the, uh, With, it's just got more graffiti on the wall. Yeah. And there's not as many light yeah. beers. Yeah. I think that place is in Cleveland. Is the other guy? <laughs> <laughs> Every uh, backstage in Cleveland. Oh, that's uh, the Beachland Tavern. <laughs> No, what's the uh, what's the other grog shop? Grog shop. That's the place. yeah. That's oh the yeah, grog shop is terrible backstage. Uh, Sam, of course, from Love Is Laughter. Link before that. Yep. Uh, uh, from uh, from the Pacific Northwest. Yes. Been in New York for a while. Yes. Um, 
we've we've spent a lot of time together uh, yes. in musical endeavors uh-huh. on Collapse and Love is Laughter. Did a, a memorable tour in 2008. True. Uh, <laughs> which we can delve into uh, some, yeah. of, some of those those memories. But I guess uh, to, 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 to start things off, I mean, you, you've been doing this for a while in one yeah. incarnation or another. Yeah, it turns out, it just turns out that way. I, I don't know if I ever thought that I would be playing music as long as I have. I mean, I always wanted to play music, but I didn't know that I would be still putting out records on labels and all this yeah. kind of stuff. And now I'm starting my own label and... Things like that. But yeah, it's been going on for a while. Love is Laughter has been a band for like 18 years now. That's crazy. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> With you uh, as the soul. Well, it started at, it started as that and it just kind of continued as that. A lot of times because, um, for the few, first few years of the band even being a band, it was like a recording project before that. Um, I was just getting my friends, whoever wanted to be in the band. Really, there wasn't really like that much skill requirement Uh or anything like that to be in the band. You just had to want to hang out and and do it for a while. And so there wasn't any really like set goals. Right. And that could be said about most of how I go about things. (laughs) I think that's the idea of hanging out. But (laughs) go ahead, finish. But yeah, so it was, it was kind of. People came in and and out of that scenario because it was really easy to do, and we were all kind of part time, except for myself, mm-hmm. right. being the the person whose band it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, is, I think the idea of hanging out. One of the things that I, I that really interests me is that even before Love Is Laughter, when you were doing Link, I mean, you were how old at that point in time? Uh, I think that we started Link when I was like. Seventeen, maybe yeah. sixteen, mm-hmm. something like that. Probably like seventeen. So, but the it's you know, we had um, Jared from Carp on, yeah, uh, uh, recently. And one of the things that we were talking a lot about was this idea that at that time, like early to mid nineties, in um, Olympia and Seattle and wherever, right around there, you had this uh, like this cross genre thing where you where it wasn't. Where you know, Jeff and I are being from the East Coast, it was like very dividing. Right. Like you know, there was hardcore and there, there was, was punk rock, rock and like ska yeah. and like everything kind of right. You know, was in separated. Its own. Each, that should have been why we didn't really have that much communication with New York. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. at that time, the bands that I remember liking from New York could have just been Sonic Youth. Right. Yeah. At that period of time, sure. Or, I'm yeah, not even. I'm drawing a blank on maybe anything else. The bleeders. <laughs> Did it occur to you at the time uh, that, you know, that different types of bands were playing together, kind of genres were merging, I guess? Uh, Uh, I don't think we even, I don't think I even thought about it that way. I think the point was that everybody was doing something that they really wanted to do. Right. And we had our influences, and I don't think that we could even step out of them for a second to see what those were. Right. Like, I had no idea what kind of music that Link was making. Yeah. Right. And somebody would try to explain it to me, and I'm like, I don't know what that is. Right. Well, I think it's, 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 it's fascinating because at least when, when I first heard it, and it, when I was in college, which was, you know, a few years after the band had ended, like it really struck a chord with me because it, because it was, you know, it was, it was full of emotion, but it was catchy, and it was, it was really charming, and it was loud. Um, and it was all of these things. A that, wonderful melange. It was a, it was, it was, a, it was a wonderful melange of all these things that, that it, you know, it, you, you couldn't necessarily pinpoint it. Yeah, it's not one, very uh, categorizable. And if it is, it uses a lot of words. <laughs> right. And a lot of dashes. <laughs> well, cause I think that's, I think for me, again, like we talked about the difference, like it feels like, uh, if you were, feels like in general especially growing up if you were the type of band that say like link was or like carp was or you know kind of these not as discernible of like exactly one genre like in like the east coast you would be kind of more marginalized of just like well you're not a hardcore band so kind of get out of here mm-hmm. whereas opposed to in the northwest well, I think it, always it was seemed the scene, like it was like the scene just it. started out of a different scenario because right. any like even hardcore bands in Seattle and Olympia, there was something else to it that, like they were 
a joke Satan hardcore right. band, or yeah. they were like, uh, a, like an emo um, straight edge hardcore band, or something right. like that. Because like a lot of the when I was in the east, when I grew up in the east side, um, Bellevue, Washington. Um, we're close to Issaquah. It was like the East Side even had like when we were in high school. The East Side even had like a little tiny music scene, mm-hmm. and like I think one of the biggest bands out of the that scene was this like total like straight edge hardcore band. Uh-huh. Um, I'm bl- drawing a blank on what they were called, but um, what not was Brotherhood? Undertow was that the? It's Undertow. Yeah, Undertow. Undertow was Undertow. the jam. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they were awesome. Yeah. Um, so this that was like the biggest. <laughs> that was like the biggest band in yeah. the area before right. before we started kind of like branching out and going to Seattle and seeing more stuff out there and and then eventually Olympia where I lived for a couple of years. Right, but even Undertow were weird. There was like just little elements like that weren't so straight. Like even mm-hmm. at the when I was like younger, listening to them, like they, I could tell they were from a different area because yeah. they just had like different ideas that would pop in here or there in between, just kind of. Some more straight, just kind of mosh songs where I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, well, and then some of these guys that were like in these hardcore bands and just like punk bands started making these really weird, like, uh, glammy kind of bands and right. stuff like that too, mm-hmm. which I don't know. I mean, sometimes that happens. It seems like punk people like start making like glam rock or definitely metal. You yeah. get to that point where you start to like, you, 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 but these were more, it. they were more like, like, Almost like an indie rock Duran Duran or something like yeah. that. Right. There was one band I remember that was kind of like I think it was called Said Child or something. Uh huh. They could have. They were kind of emo uh-huh. fashion core. Right. That yeah. That was definitely a moment in time. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Like scarves were involved, but it was <laughs> sure. still kind of emo and it's still I mean, kind of hardcore as a whole. Sure. <laughs> That's how I always picture. So it. what was you know was being being like. As young as you as, as you guys were at in Link, what was the what was the how much did you guys tour at that time? Um, a lot, real like a lot of U.S. Uh, yeah, we just kind of went up and down. We played a lot. Um, for t- we were only a band for two years, really. I mean, as far as like releases and stuff, mm-hmm. we were probably a band for three. But yeah, uh, um, yeah, we we during that two year period. That's pretty much what we did. Right. Hang around and practice and play some shows. And then yeah. we'd go on a tour. Right. Maybe one or two a, a year. But we went on some, like, 30-day tours and stuff uh-huh. like that or <laughs> yeah. whatever, like, real tours. Right. Uh, and we're, we're also talking, like, a pre-World Wide Web era. Yeah. A lot of, I, I'm assuming, a lot I of think phone the, calls. A right. book your well, own the fucking th- life sort of <laughs> the world. The thing is, is that the, the what... We did is that James Bertram, who was the bass player, mm-hmm. was a really avid like uh, mail order person, mm-hmm. and he was in contact with all these people at like he had friends that he would um, be kind of like pen pals with and send records back and forth at like Discord mm-hmm. and K maybe before we moved down there mm-hmm. and Kill Rock Stars and stuff like that and. Whatever else, maybe in Chicago, some people. Right. Um, definitely California, because there was lots of like emo hardcore bands down there. And there was like the whole like, um, the whole like Gravity Records scene, which was like big at the time. And you guys could play those shows as well as playing with other. Yeah. Yeah. Those bands were insane. Yeah. Um, and so we just end up on these tours and because these, as everybody would just call each other and I don't even know half the time how the shows got booked. Right. And so we'd just get there and play it. Sometimes yeah. there would be another show to play somewhere else. So we'd just go to the next town over or the next, co- like in Pomona, California, there was like all these colleges down there. Yeah. Right. So we'd go to one place and they're like, that was awesome. Do you want to play at this yeah. other place? Like the, <laughs> we're going to sneak into sure. the, we're, <clears throat> they're going to sneak into the like rec center and open up the rec center and you guys can play <laughs> another, another show. Yeah. We're like, okay. And so we'd go there and do it. And like all these other kids would show up. Yeah. Right. Do you have a specific <clears throat> worst gig from, from the link years that, uh, it's worth, uh, worth sharing? Well, there, like in that time when we were in probably in like, it was like Southern California just doing weird, like, um, uh, 
campus break-in shows, kind of. <laughs> there was one that was definitely like a, about to get busted by the cops and things like that. But when you're like there and your people are playing like super loud, right? I'm, I'm not sure if it was an. I'm not sure if Unwound played, or if it was like Clickitat or. Um, Antioch Arrow, it might have been Antioch Arrow, but there was a bunch of other bands too. There was like uh, these like kind of pop, poppier bands that played too at some of these shows. Um, there was like a girl band that was pretty awesome. And um, I actually probably had, I probably have some of these records. Like if I went, oh, there was Nuzzle, this band Nuzzle. Oh yeah, I remember sure. Nuzzle. They're from Santa Cruz. Yeah. yeah, we played with Nuzzle a lot. Right? I, I, I'm a big. My, my wife is from Santa Cruz. Didn't know Nuzzle. I think Pat played I, with Nuzzle somehow. Real? <laughs> so, well, yeah. no, Nuzzle. I think were done by like well, the late. Or they became post, a different some band. Post Nuzzle band. But yeah, Nuzzle. Actually, I, I would say that Link and Nuzzle definitely make sense. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, we were together. buddies. We yeah. were like, were we Nuzzle played. on Trouble Man at all, any point? Uh, yes, Trouble That's Man right. released a yeah. like a posthumous muscle right. record. Right? Okay. Yeah. Um. Gosh, I should go get that. I don't have it. <laughs> it, it, it was similar to the one that they did with. Uh, or wait, was it a full length or was it a collect? I can't remember if it was a I an actual album or. Uh, I had a whole bunch of. I think I had a bunch of singles. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there were and some other stuff like a, maybe a tape or something. Right. I definitely had a tape. Yeah. At one point, <laughs> Nuzzle were I. I, I support Nuzzle. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but Nuzzle, I think, this one's for you. So that's the kind of stuff, like uh, you know. And then everybody would have to scramble to get all this gear and all these kids right. out of this like rec center, or it was like the science room or something like that, where they like found got the keys and let. So oddly, the opposite of most of our college gig stories, because usually we talk about how the college gig is the best one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, well, because when the, you're when you're doing the legitimate college game, well, it's like oh, you're getting yeah, paid so for those. Like, yeah, these are the break. No, but ones. we would it it would be kind of crazy because somehow somebody would find us some money <laughs> and give us some money and be like, yeah. here, guys, like that was really cool. Like I, we kind of collected from everybody, right? Whatever. And it would like be like sometimes it would be incredible how much you could make at these like sure. weird punk shows, yeah. just break in shows that yeah. people just I th- pass the yeah. hat and everybody would just give you some money. And it's it was, definitely the type of show that like. Uh, you know, people who are unaware of any sort of punk world, like it doesn't make sense. You know, oh, yeah. like it's like people are just like, and, "Oh, you play music." Yeah, I think it's also like, worth cool. Mentioning you're gigging that, down at like Checkies or whatever. You're, you're, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. worth mentioning that you're doing this at a time that is probably coinciding with like the punk explosion of the mid '90s, but people still don't know like about this whole kind of un, you know. I, what 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 the year was it? Ninety four. It was like ninety two. Oh, so this is yeah, this is pre like ninety two to ninety. The year after Oscar. punk broke, uh, but the year ninety four, <laughs> yeah. and then uh, right. So it you was, really still had to be in the know. Uh, uh, I, yeah, and then for some stuff. reason, all these people knew about everything that was going on. We'd just call each other on the phone and stuff. Right. Um, <laughs> we and we'd have like I'd have like I mean if. I think I have some of these like old little phone books that I would have, uh-huh. <clears throat> and like just from meeting kids, like you'd just be walk in the Olympia. It was really crazy because you just walk down the street and talk to people and meet all these people, and then people would come from out of town and you'd meet them because uh-huh. they're just crashing at somebody's pad to play a show, right? And they end up staying there for a week because there's nothing else to do. It was really transient, and there's lots of kids that were like scenesters, and I hate using that word, but it's true that. It was a total like network of kids that were crashing on each other's couches and moving from one town to the next, yeah. from like Seattle, Olympia, Portland, right, San Francisco, mm-hmm. and L.A. and San Diego, like all up and down the West Coast for the for the West Coast, and then there was also Chicago and there was D.C. Mm-hmm. and probably some other little outskirts of that. How right. was like the first time you played New York? With Link at that at that in ninety two or whatever. Uh, it was probably maybe a little later. It could have been ninety three or even in ninety four that we got out here. We played. Pretty sure that we played Maxwell's. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure that we played the old Knitting Factory. Yep. Right. And that might have been the extent of it. Oh, I think we might have even played Brownies at one point. Mm-hmm. But it was real hazy. It's real hazy for me to remember. Uh, because it it was just kind of chaotic and um, I don't always remember exactly what happened 
That's um, why I thank God I cleaned out a box of like music memorabilia, and I found that I've been I apparently kept all of like the Panthers booking agents like listings for the shows. Yeah, just because nothing it all blurs together. It's all just like one big show at a certain point. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, that place. Like, we started when that's when you're in the van and you just use the term show guy. Right. Like you're in your and you're showing up someplace and then you're like, did somebody call the show guy? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what his name is. Mark right. or Mike yeah. or Jason or Jeff or Marissa yeah. or and show guy is a unif. It's not a, just a male term too. Sure. Show guy, even if it's a girl, you still say show yeah, guy. Yeah, exactly. Were you the designated in, in Oxford Collapse? It was Adam, our bass player, who was the our the liaison to see, the show guy. See, a lot of time later with Love Is Laughter, yes, but I'm horrible. I was horrible at it because I was just. I think I was just too scatterbrained uh-huh. to put it all together. So I would kind of get everybody mm-hmm. to help me on some of the tours. That I think the early ones we always kind of had. I think when Link, or I'm sorry, with Love Is Laughter started touring, we always kind of had a booking agent mm-hmm. of some sort. Maybe not the very first Love Is Laughter tour, which I kind of like booked myself, and it was like a noise, yeah, fest thing, or right. it was like a tape loop noise project kind of that I did mm-hmm. for a second as Love Is Laughter. Um, but yeah, mostly we've had a booking agent, and then since off and on in New York, there's been times when I haven't had one, but. It's New York. Yeah. Right. And like, if you know people, you just call them and be like, hey, can we play a show? And they're right. like, okay. It's weird that nobody understands that you can still do that here. Yeah. I right. have friends that are like, can I get a, sh- where do I get a show? Yeah. And I'm like, man, dude, there's like all these places to play. Just yeah. like put the show together. Yeah. And be like, can we get a Tuesday? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot easier, I think, than people really think it is. Oh, I definitely think it is. <clears throat> Although it always gave me agita whenever I or we put on a show and then, you know, the responsibility falls on you to bring, you know, make oh, sure Oh, I would always try out. to shove it at somebody <laughs> else in the band to deal it's with. It's hard now to get people to go, though. Yeah. yeah. It's hard now to, because there's just so much stuff going on. And a yeah. lot of it's good. Yeah. Especially, I don't know. You know, you never know what's going to happen. You're like, oh, you're so excited about the show. Everybody knows about it. And then you're like, oh, man, but... Fucking Wild Yaks right. is playing. Well, because that's the thing. Is, oddly, there are more even DIY places, like, in New York alone. Like, you know, like, I think about, like, the Glasslands, like, Death by Audio corner. That's like, you three know? venues. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's just, you can just go to one block, and you've got that's, three choices alone. You, 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 you bring know? up an interesting point uh, about... I feel the, like Brooklyn the, should just have its own music festival that's all these venues. It's right. Ser- it's isn't, such it, a- isn't that the Northside Fest? Oh, yeah, they did actually have that. <laughs> What's that? That it That's happened. The one on Bedford? My band played, and we didn't even realize we oh. were in the fest. We just happened to be playing a show That's at St. Vitus that yeah. night. Yeah, That's it is a, a joke. I mean, we're talking like we have all these, all these venues and all these businesses and all these people that are running these places. Seems like they could really benefit yeah. with having like a right. internationally known right. music festival. Sure. Right. But I think you bring up an interesting but point. Probably yeah. because we're in Brooklyn, everybody's like, fuck that. We don't want a <laughs> yeah. bunch of people, we don't want a bunch of people coming in here and bothering us. Sure, no. Yeah. But the, the competitive, the competitiveness of, of playing in a band in New York versus uh, what the sense of community, it seems like there was much more of a sense of camaraderie where you were coming from and that, you know, especially like in Olympia at the time. And, uh, I don't know if you could speak to that as well as at this point, let's say post link. And Link's got a, a really nice legacy, you know, and that people uh, really admire the band. And it's, yeah, it's, it's cool. Up, you know. It's getting to it's 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 really cool because um, just it's like one record and some singles or whatever mm-hmm. that came out, and people still talk about it. And there's like somebody started. We don't even know who started the Facebook page, but <laughs> it was really cool then to yeah. do that, right? So there's people that are still like checking it out, and there's been a lot of like. New s- people are finding new pictures and um, videos. There's a bunch of live yeah. stuff, right? Um, Which live. is nice that other people are doing the work. That well, yeah. I mean, James James Bertram has a lot of. He had a bunch of videos, and mm-hmm. then some other people found some too, because we were also taking videos of shows just to tape shows. Mm-hmm. Right. We were like going to shows and like, I remember, um, one time. Isaac Brock got mad at me because uh, we were we and Isaac would go to shows all the time and we would take turns driving or would do for whatever. the listener. This is Isaac, Isaac from, from Modest. From Modest Isaac Mouse. Brock from Modest Mouse. Um, we were we would hang out a lot going to shows when we were super young, mm-hmm. 
And before, I think Link might have been a band at the time. I'm pretty sure we had already started it. And Isaac was making these cassette tapes as Mondas Mouse. And you could call his you could call his home number and his uh-huh. answering machine, and he'd have a new song on there every day. Uh-huh. He was that dedicated to it and that mm-hmm. like driven at that point right. in time as well as he is now. Right. Um. Um. And uh, we went to this show, and it was built to spill at the backstage Capitol Theater. So it was built to spill like the first version mm-hmm. built to spill with um. I don't remember who the whole band was. It's the three piece. Yeah. Wasn't their Man. first record they were a trio? I don't and then they added a second guitar. <clears throat> yeah, I'm not sure if it I feel like maybe the first record was entirely like a home recording mm. by Doug might, Marsh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he got people to play. I don't know. I don't know all the details. Um but yeah, we went to we went to uh to uh See, um, built a spill in the backstage Capitol Theater, which is like where there was tons of shows in Olympia. There's lots and lots. There was the, um, a place called like Surf City or something, or Surf Club, or the Olympia Surf Club, uh-huh. which was just a venue, which right. was just a bar venue. Uh-huh. And that place had existed for a little while, but then it kind of disappeared. But there was always the Capitol Theater, and big shows would be in the front, and the little like punk shows would be in the back, like in the like sure. backstage area. Right. So like the black cat kind of. I'm giving a reference to yeah. some yeah. club that no one else knows. The, the black, black cat, black cat has, has, has a backstage. Yeah. This room is going to well. turn into a like a, a entirely unintelligible <laughs> yep. interview. It's with these inside baseball, man. <laughs> with these references to clubs that don't exist and no one knows about. Um. Uh. So yeah, so we went there, and I'm I was my I was like I'll take I'll I'll do the videotaping this time. So I had the I had the video camera, and I was like sitting up in the rafters, like taking this video. But when we went back and looked at it, I think that we I think that I had taken acid or something like that, <laughs> and um, and the video is like. It's the camera, which is me, rocking out to the to the, sh- to the show the whole time, and Isaac was livid. He's like, "Why didn't you just hold the camera still?" And I was like, "Cause I was, I was just like trying to make it, like, cause I was tripping out, and right. I was like trying to make it like move with the yeah, music right. or something like that." So it's just entirely just like it's unwatchable. Also, an old, I'm guessing an old VHS t- uh, recorder that yeah, is so unforgiving with any movements. Just bouncing Ghosting. around, yes. just bouncing around, zooming in on stuff, <laughs> yeah. zooming in on people dancing. Just look at that bottle cap on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> he was mad. He wanted a straightforward, good built a spill video Ar- archiving right. yeah. the, uh, the show for uh, right. for his home library because well, yeah. we would yeah i mean my old bands would do that too i mean four bands we saw to too be- because you couldn't just go online and yeah. like it was completely different i mean it's young kids today but like it would be exciting it was to a be lot like, of oh, this band we yeah. take like, i we i took a tape like a cassette tape deck to like a bunch of shows i don't know where they are right i think i have a seaweed show <laughs> that i taped <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Seaweed, who were, I always like, Seaweed were one of the sub pop bands growing up that I always really liked. I love really? Seaweed. Yeah, they I were saw the, seaweed. I never got so into them. I saw Seaweed like five, more than five times. They were, they were great, and they also, more than five times. Okay, I thought you were going to say more than like 50 times. No, no. <laughs> more than five times. <laughs> that, that was pretty good. Five, five times. Five times. <laughs> right, definitely. But, but you know, it was Seaweed. I don't think they, yeah, I right. couldn't probably even go to most of their shows. Yeah, sure. Because uh, some of those bands, most of those bands actually played primarily all ages shows. We only yeah. played all Link only played all ages shows, except on tour. But I don't know how we got around that. But right. it just—it also seems like again, like the sense of camaraderie, like the bands hanging, like putting shows together when you're when you're seventeen, eighteen, nineteen years old. Not dealing like completely different experience, uh, just in so many different sure. ways than being oh, like, yeah. in Brooklyn or. In oh Europe. yeah, it's got to be a lot more conducive to like. There's no labels getting in the way. There's no booking agents. There's no There's also, attitudes. Well, I, well, the thing is, but you guys, have we labels. didn't even have cell phones, right? Yeah, you know? it was a different yeah. era. But you did have like you had K, you had Kill Rockstars, you had sure. Sub Pop, all. But sure. it seemed almost like it fostered, and there was like a national. Well, there's also still on. was like Touch and Go, Am- Amphetamine Reptile, mm-hmm. right? 
um, awesome stuff like that that we were digging too. Yeah. And like um, all the stuff that was in DC. Right. Nation of Ulysses yeah. was sure that at the same time period, you know. Yeah. Right. And then Cupid yeah. Car Club. Yeah. And all the all of Ian Savonius's bands that are yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. Every band that he's done. Yeah. Um. So then, uh, so let, let's. Uh, oh, you all right? Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, our, uh, state of the art uh, office chairs. Uh-huh. Here. Uh, my dog fucking farted something <laughs> vile again. I'm, I apologize. Baptiste is... For the listener. <laughs> Mike's dog is I'm, farting I, up the store. It's, it's, it's all day. <laughs> Love his laughter. It comes around, starts off as a... Perfect as, as, What? As, as a... Uh, so it's just you for a while. Yeah. Like, so So what's the, what's the, what's the climate like, kind of post-Link, you know, I riding off that... Doing your I don't own know. Thing. It was another one of these like rash decisions that I think I made. I just didn't want to like. I didn't think that we were making as many songs in Link as I wanted to do, and I just had so much uh, uh, energy. Some sort of you know, I just had. I was just running rampant around Olympia, and. Um, I don't know. I think I just, you know, I drove myself and everyone crazy because I just had this like unchecked energy level. And it was all, a lot of times it would just be focused on music and just be focused on this stuff. And I would just like sit and record tons Mm -hmm. of music and I ended up making these tapes. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the first one I was in link when I made the, made the tapes. And then I kind of just quit link for some reason like i got frustrated with those guys or something like that probably just something really stupid and um um i think it was also because i was so into making these tapes <laughs> and i didn't want to be bothered completely being a, self-indulgent it's just yeah well, it you, it's, you could do it all like you know it was just you and it was just like wow but i can just keep doing this and have to deal with other people <laughs> right and there was no and it wasn't like and I didn't think of it along the lines where now I can't be in this cool band and right. go on tour with my right. friends. I just thought of it like, well, this is what I'm going to do now. Oh, wait, let's it just... was a very, it's, you know, it's, 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 it makes perfect sense because I was only like fucking 19. <laughs> but let's life. put it in perspective too. When I was talking about Link's legacy, when you guys are still in the band though, are you on the reciprocating end of any of this stuff? Are you, do you guys know, or is, is, is there ever a point when like things are, you can tell that things are, are moving for you guys or was that all after the fact that's probably after the fact we didn't yeah. i think we just thought that that's how it worked mm-hmm. right just, you could play tons of shows and tons of kids would come and it was awesome yeah right but it but i don't think we realized that it's not how it works for everybody right you know oh so link pretty much got got lucky then yeah we weren't day. just planning it to yeah. make some huge thing about it but it ended up being really really popular for a right. while which is which was great and so we put out a couple of records on K and then eventually after I was making these tapes for a while, I think I bugged Calvin enough <laughs> to like put out a love is laughter CD that lots of people liked. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but, uh, it wasn't the same kind of experience because I couldn't get out there and like play shows and get people into it. So there was, I mean, you had mentioned to me earlier that some of the early love is laughter shows were doozies. But this is, is this post tape stuff when you actually yeah, put a band well, together? Well, the band didn't happen until, uh, we made, uh, the number one USA record, which mm. was like a few years later. I was making tapes up until like 96 or 97. Mm-hmm. And then I just started making these tapes that were eventually, that were, were, were basically like a rock, a simulated rock band. Uh-huh. So my friends were like, well, why don't you just get people to play in the band? <laughs> I was like, because I never thought of that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> You've got the great ideas. Yeah. So you put, always, you put a band together um, and yeah. you take the show on the road. Uh, yeah. We, we started touring. Um, the band, well, the band, the first tour I did by myself. Okay. And I got this like huge sun amp and I put it. Uh, I toured with my friend's band called Plastique. Mm-hmm. Um, you people in the Pacific Northwest with your sun amps. 
having and such I, great access to great put amps. This sun amp in a in this van, and that was my equipment. I had a sun amp and a tape deck with my tunes on it uh-huh. that were pre-taped, like loops and backing tracks. Mm-hmm. And um, then I think I had. I don't even know what else I had. I just plugged the guitar in and maybe had like a distortion pedal or something uh-huh. or what. But it was mostly like loops and, and guitar freakouts. And then I would just turn everything on. I think there was loop pedals involved because I would turn everything on <laughs> and it would just be blisteringly loud. And then I would just get in front of the amp and just freestyle. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the that was the show. How did that go over? Uh, most people left the room because it was so loud. La- I oh, we played at um, me- remember Meow Mix? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We played, yeah, sure. played right. a show on the that. on Houston, like yeah. when you yeah. keep going down. Yeah, lesbian yeah. bar. Yeah, yep. Played a oh, show. Yeah, lesbian bar. <laughs> it was a lesbian bar. We played it. Played a show there and cleared the whole <laughs> fucking place out. It was just blisteringly loud, like noise. Mm-hmm. With some kid in like in like a emo jacket, like right. screaming over the top of it. How did you feel when you would clear it? Were you like good mission accomplished, or you know, I was. Do I have to reevaluate. I think it was something invo- just with the, how I felt about it. it. Was really just like uh, some sort of exercise, in <laughs> right? Like, and we're talking gas station jacket is for the list. Yeah, the right. Okay, jacket would be the gas station. The right, the gas All station right. jacket. <laughs> Emo jacket means a different thing to these whippersnappers like, today. It's kind of almost like a Izod type of jacket. Yeah, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Were you wearing a gas station jacket earlier? Yep. All right. I just I made I made a disparaging <laughs> remark about a gas station attendant jacket. That, that could probably no, be... No, no. They're dumb. I'm still wearing one, though, because I'm lazy. That could be interpreted in a bunch of ways, an emo jacket. That's the yes. thing, though. Like, in this There's day and age... How many emos are there? Well, well it's... Emo's it's, a whole new thing. It's gone through so many iterations. Yeah. Uh, that... 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 For our list, that's why we like to just clarify it for our listeners. Um, <laughs> there was another good show during that period of Love is Laughter. I think the, the finest one because people, every now and then, I'll actually meet somebody that was there. <laughs> and it was in Las Vegas at a record store that they had cleared out to have the show. And we had band play and another band play and everything. And then somehow, I don't, I played in the middle or something like that or. I don't know when I was supposed to play, but it was still in a record store. There was tons of kids there. And, you know, they're all hanging out in the parking lot and stuff like that. And then we're, like, playing playing in there. And it's just me. And it's just that me and that amp. And I put, like, the, fuck, there's so much feedback. <laughs> and it's so fucking loud. And people are just, like, stare. This time they were, like, kind of into it and staring. I must have had the... The crowd was on my side on this uh-huh. one. But all of a sudden... These cops come in and they're like gonna shut the show down because it's too loud, and I'm still going, and and I know they're there, and I'm still going anyways because I'm like, whatever, uh. and, it's, <laughs> and it's so loud, and they're trying, they're yelling at me with their fingers in the ears. These cops are yelling at me, sir, you've got to shut it off. You've got to shut it off. Make the noise stop. We're stopping the show, sir. And I was still like. What? And then I kind of like did this. I don't know how to shut it off. Kind of thing. And like just once it starts, whoa! The, sh- the, sh- and the I, shoulder shrug. Even though the switch is right there, I just I was like pr- like miming that I was looking around, and it's still going because it's a tape loop and like guitar feedback and yeah. stuff like that. Right. So it's just blisteringly loud at these cops that are trying to stop it, and I'm like, um, I you know. Like pretending I can't hear them and then like trying to fumble with the amp and accidentally knocking the guitar over so it makes more noise <laughs> and shit like that. So then like took an extremely long time to try to figure it out. Right. Um, I use quotation marks and just then <laughs> for, the for the peep, for the listener. Uh, well, let me ask you this at, at for this, this solo love is laughter tour. Are you, did you bring anyone with you or you, is this there was you? A, I was with the band. Oh, on that's tour right. with, with another band. band. Okay, so it wasn't just you driving around with a big sun amp in a van by yourself. No, that sounds okay. like something Joe Preston would do. I was just about to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pure <laughs> Preston. For the but, listener. But that, but Joe Preston and what he was doing with Thrones was probably there. And I think I was probably heavily influenced by mm-hmm. it. Sure. 
be got a sign what, up. Whatever <laughs> he was doing was heavily influential. Right. Uh, so, but then love is laughter. Well, then uh, maybe you can you can tell the story behind this because I, I thought that this was interesting that Built to Spill covered one of the songs from your first record. Uh, yeah. They so, did. what was the how did how did that come about? That was a lot. I think that was a live decision that Doug made, mm-hmm. and then they were recording with Phil Eck, or they were you know they were mixing um, the and a live EP. For Built to Spill, mm-hmm. um, that came out years ago, and I think that they came upon this live version that they'd been doing of um, singing sores make per- perfect swords, mm-hmm. and uh, they were kind of on the fence. But I think Phil, because he had, he's recorded like Phil Eck, who's a record producer, and has recorded tons of bands, including Built to Spill, Modest Mouse. Uh, Love is laughter. Tons of other, of other like Northwest type artists. Mm-hmm. He's a guy. He's, 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 he's a, a good guy. So they were working on this live EP, and I think that basically Phil kind of was like, "Hey, you should use this love is laughter one. I think it's cool." Uh-huh. And they put it out, and it sounded really awesome. Yeah, their version. It sounds a lot awesomer live because <laughs> I heard the live version, and it's pretty incredible. Yeah, right. Because they can do it because they have all, they have four or three guitar players. Yeah, sure. So they can do all the like guitar lines. Yeah. Because basically what I was just doing was just making guitar layers and, sure. and singing over the top of it. So yeah. they just did the whole thing with a full band. It sounded really cool. That's got, I mean, and you, you also, with Orchid too, having bands mm. cover your song. Sure. It's got to be a pretty, I mean, you know, I'm still waiting for mine. <laughs> it's got to be a pretty, pretty uh, flattering. Uh, yeah. It's yeah, it feels flattering. I feel like I I'd rather so have psyched. I'd rather have like, you know, a band that I'm like super into covering it. Oh, I've uh, had that happen too where it's like, I don't know if I like this. Right. But yeah. it's like some kid will put it on their seven inch or put it on a cassette or release a cover. Yeah. Right. We had one that just came out of oh yeah, my old band Orchid and it was like this band that are like a warp tour like kind of like, you know, punky Band. I'm sure they're very nice guys, but I like heard and I was like, cool. But yeah, were you also like, yeah, the wrong, like, but wrong then note here. they it played was... the wrong note. Yeah, they played it wrong, and I was like, well, that part's not right, but whatever. It's cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know how picky you can be about somebody sure. covering your song. Yeah, once, you know. <laughs> once it's you know, out there, they can do whatever they want. Right, but, really. Uh, we probably should have registered it so we get some royalties, but you know, that's, that's, that's being punk. You can always go back and do it. Yeah, that I'd have to fight with the old members of the band. It's a whole thing. Let's not even get into it. Uh, So you've, I mean, it seems like the lineup for Love is Laughter once became like the the rock band. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was kind of in flux, or it seems like it changes almost uh, from record to record in a lot of ways. It has. Um, There was a period where sub pop, the sub pop era of the band had. A pretty consistent lineup, or at least the core of the group was always myself and Zeke Howard, who played mm-hmm. drums. Of course, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, Brandon Angle, who was either on bass or guitar, depending on if we had a bassist. Mm-hmm. But he pretty much knew all the songs on bass and guitar in case <laughs> someone was called in to uh, to play another instrument. And some of that, some of that. Those decisions were kind of made financially sometimes because we just didn't have that much money to tour with. And you guys were also on, you were on Sub Pop at an interesting time too, like late 90s, early aughts. Yeah, I was, for a long time, I didn't feel like there was anything on the label that we wanted to get into like touring with or, or kind of like any sort of camaraderie with. There was probably when I strange, like, Garage band, yeah, a lot of rock. R A W K. What's that? What yeah. like the hell? We're talking like, like the helicopter. No, this, this is like two thousand. Oh, okay. The I saw Love is yeah, Laughter yeah. probably like ninety. The Makers were pretty maybe. good though. They were they fun. were a little glammy, right? Yeah, they, they were, were definitely glammy, like that. Glam. But it was pretty cool. But right. it was, there was definitely a heavy like kind of biker rock thing. Yeah, yeah. It was really that one of the, that. Yeah, everything was like turbo negroed out. Yeah, right. Some kind of like. That kind of but stuff. this is also your your involvement with the label is I'm assuming also coming from being around in in wherever Seattle Washington 
for a number of years by that point. Yeah, I think for some reason too, I had some friends that were friends with folks in sub that worked at Sub Pop, and I think that Jonathan Poneman just kind of took a gamble with mm-hmm. us and kind of right. liked it and uh, liked the vibe of the number one USA record yeah. and what we we're doing with the wait was that that one wasn't band. on Sub Pop, right? That was the last one that was on K, okay, which yeah. is now on Trademark Equality Records. There you go. You got it back. Perfect. Buying the masters back. From did you know didn't, the sub pop? Did you just back. knew friends at sub pop? You didn't know like like was the sub? I, I guess that's not what we actually didn't bring up with Jared either. Like the whole sub pop thing. Like how did that affect like the oh, yeah. whole yeah, I guess like, Pacific because, Northwest because when, at that time? When Link is going on, this is right at the uh, grunt. Well, I guess it's maybe a couple years after the grunge explosion, right? Yeah, but right in the middle of it. Yeah. Okay. Right. Was I mean, there any kind of uh, residual effect from that? Well, the, the, I think the, the residual effect is that all these people in the community were into music. Mm-hmm. Right. And there was a huge music community, and Seattle was huge, and Olympia music was getting huge, and everybody, yeah. there was bands that were like, uh, you know, we start, saw our friends, started seeing our friends' bands on TV and stuff right. like that, you know? Or at least, were like notably in the like mainstream media, which was a huge deal, right? Yeah, huge, huge deal. I could imagine. I I was I just wasn't sure if it was just like. So you're saying you're friends with Kim Thale from Southwest? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's bigger though. Those yeah. were the people that we were like. Um, my cousin was was the singer of uh, Alice in Chains. So really, we, so I had what? a lot of exposure to that kind of. Okay, Wayne Staley. Yep. Oh wow! Yeah, crazy. Wow. Uh, well, that's why I guess that. So then you would have. Been, I just wasn't sure if it was very separated. Just like, yeah, that's them, and this is us. Like we just don't think about it. Well, uh, at the time, I don't think that a lot. It's not exactly what we were listening to, but right. we're definitely influenced by or like you know. I don't think that they'd listen to us. Right. Sure. <laughs> right. I know that Mother, Mother Love Bone wasn't checking out uh, Link. I know that Lane liked Link. Right. Because I think he just liked the energy and. Did he, did he cool. tell what did, like did you have like Thanksgiving dinner or something together? He's like, I think your band's pretty cool, man. Or like what was yeah, the I, hanging out with Lane, were. yeah. Yeah, I did um I had some really great moments and he was kind of a, a dude that I looked up to because he was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Right. He was like one of the funniest, smart ass people. They, whenever they would host Headbangers Ball was yeah. my favorite episodes. Like because I grew up watching Headbangers Ball. Yeah. Because I was a metal like I liked metal, but like they were always. I was like, "Oh, you can be funny." Yeah, like that's great. Really As a person who liked comedy too. Re- yeah, he was really funny, and uh, and you know, uh, later when he, they were very, very busy touring all the time, so I didn't see him that much right. as a teenager. But but I remember just being influenced by him when I was younger. Sure. And then I I got a chance to hang out with him maybe a couple times, and um, he gave me this. Uh, huge Tascam 8-track cassette recorder, which I re- started right. re- really going ape shit mm-hmm. and ma- made all the Love is Laughter early recordings on. Really? On Lane Staley's old Tascam 8-track? Yeah. Wow. That's a mystery. Yeah. Um, that's uh, that's what it got recorded on. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, Dem Bones, for sure. Exactly. <laughs> that song was great. The yeah, re- and that song, definitely... was great. that song was like two minutes long. That song is is definitely under three minutes. Them bones. Yeah, definitely. Um, And I there's so many good songs. Yeah, Um, man in the uh, box. Scary video. Scary video. Very scary video. So I want to. I just want to talk. Like, uh, uh, you know, at at, by the time that Oxford Collapse and Love Is Laughter had toured together, or uh, by the time we toured together, it's 2008. You Love Is Laughter had been around for over 10 years at this point. Yeah, and 2008, you, definitely. And, and you guys were touring on a record that came out on Isaac Brock's label right. at the time. Because you had done some touring with Modest Mouse previous. Um, you know, I think we can both admit that the tour was probably not <laughs> the uh, uh, the best in terms of attendance right. across yeah. the board. Well, I don't... I feel like at that time, like, we had done a bunch of stuff in New York, and we're, we were kind of getting fed a bunch of, a bunch of hype from whoever we were working with and they spent so much money on this record that they've made and things like that. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you know, we, I think that, you know, you, 
just because maybe maybe you guys heard some of that hype and stuff as well too even mm-hmm. going into the tour because they yeah, were yeah. telling so many people how you know there was so much like kind of attention being paid to the record and yeah. stuff like that and the, and I think that we got good press I and mean, blah 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 and it looked like everything was going to be really awesome for the sure, tour that we yeah. did together but it didn't really pan out that way <laughs> Well, no, I, you, you make a but good all point. that was because we were com- <laughs> there we were, were some great shows. There were some great shows, and we were coming on our. This was really the tour for our second sub pop record, right? So, so we, we both had excited. record releases that were like hat, and and I even saw too because we did a lot of research before we looked at you know before yeah. we were going out. We we're like, yeah, these guys have good press. Everybody yeah. likes this right. record. Oh yeah, there's there's definitely there's. Critical darlings, <laughs> critical darlings, Oxford collapse. <laughs> the uh, but was this towards the, just for this? I didn't know. Was this towards the end for you? This guys? wound up being the last American was it tour? Was it the same? Was there a bit when you got home? At least it so was maybe basically our last up? tour yeah. for quite a while yeah. as well. We didn't tour. I that tour kind of like it kind of broke the band a little right. bit because I think everybody's had such high expectation. It you know it we had a. We had a lane. We had like a you know extended Western death right. sequence. For- <laughs> well, for the listener, we should say we toured the entirety of Canada together. That's like intense. we toured from that was from- that was the most. I, I, you see, the thing going into that, I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I want to go to these weird places in Canada. Sure. We felt the same you're going somewhere new. Even but then you're sucks. playing a Mexican right. restaurant in Saskatoon <laughs> on a Wednesday night, <laughs> yeah, which actually wasn't. It wasn't half. I mean. There's a ridiculousness to it. But you know, how, how was many... the food? <laughs> <laughs> but that was also the night, Mediocre. if you remember. Yeah. That was one of the one of my favorite tour stories from that particular tour is where we left Saskatoon. Uh, it was like 1 a.m. or whatever. And we didn't get gas. And we passed the last gas station. And for those of you who don't know, Canada doesn't have like an, the Eisenhower interstate system like right. the U.S. does. And it has. It, and you guys had no- to get us because we ran out of gas in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, there's like, nothing out there. And there. you guys had to. We, we called you to turn around because you had passed the last. There was a gas station on the outskirts right. of town. And you guys had to come get, get us a, you know, a can of gas. Yeah. A can of gas. Whatever the fucking thing is called. It's, it's kind of like what's gas. going on in New York right now. It, right. It's literally, it was very much presaged. Except uh, for. You're out in the middle of nowhere. Right. But it was the type and of thing dark. where it was like, <laughs> no, there were some great shows on that tour uh, um, in terms of, you know, there were some shows where yeah, there were people there and sure. sold stuff and there, and, you know, and, and, and the, you know, uh, the two bands definitely got along. Right. But it's one, it's, it's, it was the inverse of like, oh yeah, the tour was good and there were just a couple of stinkers, right. you know, in terms of like, but when you have a when you have a couple of stinkers in a row, yeah, it, punctuated by like a good show, it got it got emotional. It it right. definitely hurts morale. Right. Well, it sounds like well, a, also I mean, no one wants to go out there. No one wants to go out there and be someplace where you don't know a single person, right? And yeah. not be playing to almost a single person. Yeah, right. Too. I mean, there's they were attended, you know, by people who are fans and things like that. But even the fans show up and they're like, "Why isn't there anybody here?" Yeah, though, right. that, that that story of my fucking band <laughs> yeah. like, man, I thought there'd be a lot more people here. <laughs> no one ever wants to hear that. That, that that and the promoter being like. I don't know what happened, guys. Right. Oh, Usually, that, uh, yeah, 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 that's a good one too. I think it was just badly promoted, and it was like you know we didn't have. I don't think that there was enough time leading up to it, and we. I don't think that, uh, you know, going into that that era of the band or making that record, I think that the whole team for us right. was didn't have a have the same plan or yeah. whatever it was. We had very little contact with at the time. I had very little contact with whoever was supposed to be our manager. Um, and Isaac as our, as our representative was busy with Modest Mouse. And I think that he thought that he didn't have to be as involved as he was going to be. Right. And, mm-hmm. and it, and so there was nobody to contact yeah. at, at the end of the day when there's stuff going wrong or we're not getting like good shows or there's not, an, there's no press. Yeah. Or, we had, you know, we didn't get an interview like they said or something like that. It's like you have to go through like three people, and it was like completely a useless situation to try to call Epic Records, right? And be, hey, like, who can you tell whoever to like get and do something, you know, <laughs> something. sell some records or something yeah. like that, you know? There was not. It's so crazy how entering into that situation, there's nobody that says, hey, I'm gonna walk you through this. Here's what's going on. 
Yeah. Here's the plan. Da 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 da. You guys go here. You guys go here. Boom. You know. Yeah. Right. They're epic records. Yeah. Right. And nobody was in charge. Nobody had. There was a guy that we talked to that was like our rep at Epic, but it's like ultimately. I don't think that it was his job to do whatever was supposed to be done. Yeah, sure. So it was nobody. So it turns out there's a bunch of people all working for you, unquotation <laughs> and marks. None of them do anything. And they're not, nobody's doing anything. Right. I think the, 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 the tour kind of, for me, came to a head. There was one night, I'm sure you remember, it was in Edmonton, Canada. Was uh, that the one with the Super Bowl? They all kind of have Super Malls, but. The, yeah, I feel like there was this home of SCTV, first yeah, and foremost. Love it. There was it was a massive place. We were playing downstairs in the small like bar, our bands. Upstairs in the big room was one of the at the drive-in side projects. Sparta. Oh right, not Sparta. It was like the Mars other Delta. guitar players. No, it was like a third one. The other guitar player had like a country, like kind of like a, a country rock band. Right, they were playing in the big room. Right. Nobody came to any of the shows. And I remember us talking with the show guy, like, why don't we just, like, put the shows together and then maybe, like, between the two of them, there'll be, be 50 people right. here. And then and then that night, uh, I, I'm pretty sure you guys were there, too. We wound up going out with, like, the at-the-driving guy who was also fucking, like, wanted to shoot himself in the face. Sure. And then we all wound up sleeping on the floor of some kid's house. I'm sleeping on the floor next to the guy who was the guitar player and at the drive-in. Right. And it's one of those, like, sometimes you get the hotel room. <laughs> sometimes you're sleeping on the floor next to the guy who was at the drive-in. Right. Well, because uh, that's what I mean, it sounds like, I mean, I think we probably had it, too, like, right before the trick we just pushed on with different people in it. But, yeah, it's that moment where you're just like, oh, like, you know, like, I put out the record that's supposed to be as big as we're going to get. Yeah. And, you know, maybe the second one. And everyone said you're going to be this and that. And then you end up playing essentially the same show you played 10 years it's, before. It's almost like it's like, right. why, why kinda, aren't you backtracked on yeah. Because you gave, con- like, this is what I, this is what I think is like, I, I, you end up backtracking. And what I ended up doing is like, because these people are telling me that all this stuff's going to happen and because they're saying it's their job to do this and they're spending so much money on it. I relinquished control of, right. of my own band right. to this record label and people outside of that system that mm-hmm. are saying they know what's best for the band. Right. And I've, and it's, I mean, it's not the first time that I think that I've done that. Sure. But I definitely was upset and it changed the, I think that for a long time I was really, really frustrated with what was going to happen to Love is Laughter because I, because, because what I'm realizing as an older person playing music is that there's not the reason that there is a band called Love is Laughter still is not because of its uh, financial and uh, worldwide right. um, accolades. It's because I'm personally invested in what happens to the music and I, and and therefore I react in a personal way sometimes to something that's supposed to be a business, but I'm because I'm that way about the music and i feel a certain way about it mm-hmm. i'm a, i'm attached to it in a way that i think that a lot of musicians maybe wouldn't be right you're not going to get the you know like the guitar player from at the drive-in does not feel the same way about the outcome of at the drive-in right as i feel about the sure, outcome yeah. is love is yeah. laughter sure. yeah that yeah. makes so that's so that would and that, i'm just talking even from a, like an artistic point of view or having the band do what it should be doing and i think that there was a gut feeling that i had when we did that epic record in 2008 that i was like this is really extreme for us mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily how i'd even want to be recording a record or going about things right but i'm going to go along with it because i want everybody to be happy and i want people to make money Definitely. and i want the band to make money and i want and and i want to to try to go for this. Yeah. It's you, like the yeah. it's like when it's like uh it's like the episode of Louis CK where they tell him he's going to get to be on uh late late night. Night. on late on David Letterman's right. seat. And so he starts working out and like right. doing all this stuff yeah. to try to do that, but ultimately is that what it's not him. He wants to be doing with his career or what he wants to be doing with his art. It's right. interesting. I remember you telling me playing actually in Kent when we were in I think uh in Calgary. We were talking about Sub Pop and, and your relationship with the label. And I, th- I think it was the last Sub Pop record that you guys did. You had told the label, like, 
we'll make this record for five grand or whatever. You know, if you guys will, you know, something that seems diametrically opposed to the situation with the epic record. Right. You know, it like, was. It's the, it's because, it's because I saw the fact that they were disappointed in the record sales and the fact that, um, the band was fluctuating and people were, you know, that kind of situation. I had, I was, I don't think I had a, a plan with how we were going to consistently tour. Mm hmm. Um, although we did, we did a lot of touring with that version of the band, um, and some really, really great tours. We well, did. That's the first time we played together, Oxford Collapse and Love's Laughter, was when we were on tour with the Constantines. And this was when it was you and Zeke and, uh, Brandon. Brandon, yeah. Yeah. At, in Chicago at the Empty Bottle. Yeah. Yeah. During that, Sub Pop era. I think that was on the, uh, Laughter's fifth tour for you guys. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. See, we had great, that time period, we had some really great yeah. shows and really yeah, great tours one. and all right. this kind of stuff. What happened, guys? Come but, on. But yeah. for some reason, the the direction of the band just, I think it just got out of my hands and into nobody's hands. Right. Like I think got, that is the answer, is what happens, is that it gets, you think that, it's like, oh, well, I'll try this then. Like, I'll try, like, you know, a bigger label and, like, maybe if there's more money and then, but there'll be other people handling it. And you sometimes realize, like, oh wait, they just—they don't know exactly what they're doing either. Well, they just don't. You know, know better in a lot of ways about, you know, especially like whatever type of music you're playing. You know, like, that's how I felt with Panthers. It's like, well, this is this type of thing. It's not this kind of radio we thing. Like, it's never going to get there. Yeah. Like, yeah, so. but that's that can be false too, because now we're seeing that that can happen. Sure. Or we saw a period of time when that did happen, and it was might have been like in the. Like early two thousands, there was a lot of other types of bands, that, right. especially New York bands too, that right. were getting like popular mm -hmm. and stuff, like the Yeah Yeahs, yeah, sure, things like that. Uh, but it should also we should never forget that we had that great night in Los Angeles at uh, the guitar player from Tool's house. Oh, a Maynard's right. place. Oh, that or was no, his place? no, not no, not Maynard. Uh, Adam Jones. It was one. Is that of the guitar player? Guitar yeah. player's name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, that was. Uh, Why were you there? I don't know. We just went to a party and, and we he wasn't there. No, no, no. Oh. <laughs> he was no. I don't think he was there. Was he? <laughs> he was probably there. He played at Spaceland. Uh huh. Like, he was, that was a pretty good show. He was probably there. We yeah. we have friends in common, so he was probably there, and we got invited to that yeah. party because we. I I think I know him. Right. It was there. That was that was there. In retrospect, nice guy. In retrospect, I think we they did, all are. You know, yeah, they're great. I've they're heard they're very yeah. nice guys. There were there were definitely there were a lot of moments on that tour that um, there were a lot. I mean, it was a long tour too. Yeah, uh, that we did together, and and, and that whole that whole Canada thing was real crazy, man. I'm glad I'm glad we did it though, because now we can say that I yeah. never tour, I'd never been to a lot of those places before. Yeah, we did. Some, Don't need to go back. We did some stuff like that with Modest Mouse uh, <laughs> yeah. on a tour, but not like not like that. I've never. That's that's some stuff. <laughs> it was that's some that's some that's Canada. Some tough. Canada is huge, and right, it's weird. Yeah. That's not right. a beginner tour, right there. No. That's, you got uh, farted again. Oh, great! So, um, so let's 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 talk about now. We're uh, we're 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 gonna bring it full circle, and uh, uh, my dog has gas. <laughs> it's crazy. But other than that, everything is everything. <laughs> Stop is good. farting, Jesus Christ! Sorry, let's, uh, no, let's no. reiterate this question. Yeah, no, no. Just uh, what? So what's what's what does the future hold? Love is laughter is going. You, you guys have a is a seven inch. Oh my god! <laughs> it's intense. My, my dog really is covering, dog his, is covering his nose. And it eyes. sucks. He's, he's ashamed. He should be. Dang, buddy. For the listener. All right. All right anyway, so you guys, you have a you you have uh, you have your own label. We had yeah, we started the label a while back. It's it's right now we're just kind of figuring out what that means and mm -hmm. putting everything together because we have a new 7-inch out for the timer single and new videos. We have a new website that's the www.loveislaughter.com. We have a um growing Facebook page and Twitter. You can follow us on all that kind of stuff. We've got um this huge back catalog now of yeah. love is laughter tunes um from the early years it's like two records some singles <laughs> my life <laughs> for the listener uh we're about to be interrupted uh by my family here so um sam we've got the website 
You got stuff in the works. There's a whole bunch of stuff that's happening. There's a whole new lineup of the band, which is like by far one of the greatest lineups, I think, of Love is Laughter. Um, and everybody's great. Uh, we've got the new label that we're working on, a whole bunch of releases. And all that stuff is... And the guy who designed the uh, label uh, artwork, Jay Penry, friend of the show, he designed the Worst Kick Ever logo. Look at that. Synergy. Oh, right. <laughs> a great so, illustrator, so, my friend Jay Penry. He's fi- done a lot of Love is Laughter art. Final question here for you. What do you think of the word gig? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Solid reaction. <laughs> I love it. I Perfect. love the word gig, man. Short, so, short and sweet. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> um, I love gigging. <laughs> I love gigging. gigging and you know what I like to do? I like to put my guitar in my gig bag. <laughs> zip that gig bag up and head get on over to the gig. Make sure it's soft. Head to the gig. <laughs> uh, Sam, it's been a pleasure. Have you? I like the fact you're wearing two button-down collared shirts. It's cold well, out there. I, I, but I rock that look, too. That's a great look. Just layers. Uh, with a striped Raiders <laughs> hit cap. Um, Got three three little things for you. Uh, uh, what is it? GHS. GHS. Get home safe. Thanks. <laughs> Worst gig ever. ever.